0: Yowza yowza! yowza, 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 indeed. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Matt Kennedy, one half of the Five Films From podcast here. Wanted to take a second today before Todd and I get started on the episode to say thanks for listening and to ask that if you've been enjoying the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and maybe even leave a five star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Doing that's going to really help us to connect with more movie loving listeners just like you. Also, we wanted to give y'all an update on some of the stuff we're working away on for season two. Got a lot of good episodes lined up real soon. For example, uh, Todd's currently editing our two-part season premiere on five films from, it's actually, it's going to be ten films from the two-part, or we're going to be doing Brian De Palma. We'll also be, gonna be getting into some more idiosyncratic stuff with guys like Stuart Rosenberg and Larry Cohen, as well as, you know, real Hollywood legends like Robert Altman and fan favorites like John Landis and Tony Scott. Again, be sure to subscribe so you can be among the first to hear all of our newest Five Films From content as soon as it drops. Totally. Lastly, if you're still listening... <laughs> Be sure to be on the lookout for our upcoming Patreon feed. We'll be offering all kinds of bonus episodes, things like double features, commentary tracks, etc. 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 And special things like five films from directors who've only made one film, and five films from the 70s disaster movie genre. Absolutely. So yeah, a lot of things lined up, good things on the horizon for FFF, and yeah, that's all I got for you. Enjoy the show. Five films.
1: Mac Kennedy and Todd Edmondson.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Number four of five is going to be the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Uh, An epic, epic proportion. Yeah.
2: February 14, 1929, the year of the Black Bottom, six-day bicycle races, flagpole sitting, and the first flight from Paris to New York. Mickey Mouse makes his screen debut, and Herbert Hoover is inaugurated as the 31st president with the words... We in America today are nearer to the final triumph over poverty than ever before in any land. Six months later, the New York stock market will crash and bring about the greatest depression in world history. In the city of Chicago, the time is 10.25 a.m., the temperature, 18 above zero.
0: And this movie was, uh, after the success of Wild Angels, Roger actually got hired by 20th Century Fox to do this movie. Yeah. It's got a, it's got it a bigger budget probably feel. Probably the biggest in a, budget in he'd a, worked in with. And a, yeah. in a higher, higher profile cast. Yes. Yes, I would say um, so.
1: Jason Robards knocks it out of the park as Al Capone. Uh, he's great. Yeah, yeah,
0: I love him in it. For Christ's sake. All I get out of you guys is talk. The
2: rest of the time, you're strutting around with dollar cigars and you're kissing like a bunch of bankers. <laughs>
0: big shots i've always kind of thought the de niro capone in the untouchables is sort of a shitty performance <laughs> but this is like a great this is like the best capone i've seen in a movie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a
1: re, it's restrained insanity yeah uh, and he just you know robarts is great and everything mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's it's um and george siegel
0: as the Gusenberg, who's a, a henchman of Bugs Moran in Chicago, uh, who's uh, Ralph Meeker. Ralph Meeker plays Bugs Moran. Yeah. it's it's about basically just the crime war between these guys. Yeah, uh, uh, they, they
1: there's a voiceover sets it at six months before the Depression, right in the beginning yeah. in Chicago.
0: Paul Frees voiceover. Right. Classic. Uh, there you go.
1: Uh, Alex Rocco has a, a part in it John Agar, I was talking about him He's, he's one of these B-movie guys That had a, um, fl- a brief flashback scene Where he gets off to, pretty early And then uh, Jack Nicholson shows up later No yeah. credit, huh. has one line
0: And he's doing like a voice too Yeah, 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 yeah like, he's doing a goofy voice yeah. Hey, what's that all about?
2: Garlic! In case the bullets don't kill you You die of the blood poison.
0: Dick Miller briefly, Bruce Dern mm-hmm. as well, has got a role in it. Yeah. Um, this guy named Kurt Krueger, who kind of looks like David Bowie, but like an old like, He looks like <laughs> yeah. 2011 David Bowie. <laughs> uh, you know who I'm talking about, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. That's um, too funny. <laughs> yeah. So there's the uh, basically. Uh, it's a, it's about a gang war, right? I mean, how do you describe the plot? Yeah, so much? I mean, it, yeah. It, it,
1: if 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 you know anything about the history of it, it basically is a gang war between yeah. gangsters, uh, the North Side and the South Side of Chicago, or whatever the however the turf is split, and 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 whatever the demographic is, and whatever the cultural aspect of it was, you know. And we were talking about how uh, there's a lot of racist shit thrown around about,
0: yeah, uh, I, very I, anti-Italian. Yeah, it's a lot of like various like white people being racist against various other white people <laughs> yeah and, like, yeah you know, irish italian like germans and everybody's just like calling each other out yeah
2: every whopping town is working for them. since when do we hook up with a bunch of crummy spicks don't you pop off to me you stupid trout i remember those grease balls they just as soon put a boat in your back as eat a
1: pizza to hell with them sicilians did just say we do it without the help of a Two-bit spaghetti snapper like Joe Yellow. Spaghetti, spaghetti snappers really just snappers made me, is, is just a funny made me laugh yeah, out like, loud. what the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, and, of course, that immediately tells you that they're not Italian.
0: Right, Yeah. So it's
1: not a mafia movie so much as it is, it, it is uh, but it is Al Capone, and they keep calling him Caponi.
0: Caponi, yeah. Caponi. Al Caponi. And Al Capone, the way the movie sets it is like, there is, the mafia was like a separate or... Like he was operating under the mafia,
2: almost. Capone's protection comes from the mafia. He can't make a move without permission of the head WAP. And he can't be the head himself because he's not Sicilian. So he's got his own man, Patsy Lallorta, running the outfit.
1: It sort of sets you up pretty quick where, um, where Jason Robarts is almost assassinated by George Siegel. George Siegel gets set up because he, go, he starts intruding on uh, Capone's territory, he goes to a bar.
2: Well, now you know what you got there, bright eyes. It's not the pipes at all. It's, uh, green beer. Hey, you can smell it. See what I mean? Peter Gusenberg, born Chicago, Illinois, September 22nd, 1898. Ex-convict, mail robber, burglar, hijacker, professional killer. When, at the age of 13, he came home from school to find his mother dead, his first act was to pry the wedding ring from her finger and pawn it. He has been a member of Bugs Moran's North Side Gang for the past seven years.
1: So Siegel and his brother are, are these uh, hunchmen, as Zappa would call them. And it's and, um, the a great scene where Capone, and um, he, he's got a whole bunch of guys around him. His brother-in-law, I guess, is his right-hand man. Mm-hmm. I, 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 Capone's. Capone's, I don't I recognize the actor, but I didn't check his name. Uh, they're in a restaurant, and and... Siegel leads a whole row of cars with all these Thompson machine guns that are just like just spray this whole restaurant with just shitloads of rounds I and mean, it's just crazy. There's Thompson machine guns a plenty in this movie. Oh yeah, and uh, they're they're really nasty because they're they're one of the first weapons of war that uh, gangsters were able to get their hands on and uh, just. That's deadly
0: a, that's actually specifically mentioned in the next movie about how those came, in bloody mama they talk yeah. about the guns from the war yeah 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 specifically yeah. mentioned that yeah
1: no they were they were they were definitely the first yeah. uh, um i don't guess semi-auto or whatever with a just huge magazine uh just full of fucking rounds in it. very dangerous yeah. deadly motherfucking guns and um so that's you know that's sort of the thing is that it sets you up as a turf war right away and um Jason Robarts is 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 so much fun to watch. And all the side men, he's got you know, he does it he does it like a business. They're always at a big table. they're, always, they're, they're they're meeting at a certain time, and they're going in a certain door to make sure they're all protected because Capone's afraid of being sa- assassinated.
0: It almost reminds me of, like, in the beginning of Thunderball, when they do the whole Spectre meeting, mm-hmm. it's got a very sort of, like, James Bond movie vibe to it. Yeah, almost. yeah, you're Like, yeah. going down the table thing. That's
1: where, you know, if if, if you're going to be a successful criminal, you got to get organized. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. Hence, organized That's crime. That's why they call it organized <laughs> crime, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what can you say, man? It's,
0: uh, uh yeah, There's not like a ton to talk about necessarily, you know, no, it's just yeah. like, it's a docudrama, right? So it's yeah. presented in a very like, this is a scene that is happening. And yeah. Then, and then the scene happens. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's... And it's, you know, a lot of different characters sort of all, all over the place. It bounces around, but ultimately, you know, Capone's gang hatches a plan to get rid of Bugs Moran by, uh, pretending to be cops basically mm-hmm. they have yeah, fake cops warehouse. a fake
1: cop car yep and they're um they've got this elaborate signaling system where they they're where they fucked up is they're not really clear exactly who moran is but they know what he's wearing and it's yeah. sort of like um it reminds me of harry palmer in the hypocris files of michael kane Mike kane movie where um he um, makes the guy switch jackets with him and makes the guy walk yeah. out first and that guy gets I've killed. I've seen that in a few movies. Yeah, that's that's a kind good, of a
0: classic good, thing. Good, yeah. good stuff, yeah. yeah.
2: You will forget all about the Ipcress file. You have forgotten your name. In truth, his name is Michael K. And no one will forget his name. Michael K. He walks straight into sensational stardom in the Ipcress file.
1: So yeah, they have this whole elaborate thing um, set up and they start hiring. Uh, they've got these all these guys, which is the first time you see Jack Nicholson, is not until the end of the
0: movie, right? And Dick Miller also shows up right, right around there as well, yeah. playing Miller's these one of the like fake, fake cops. cops. Yeah. yeah, and
1: uh, and it's just a, uh, it's just it's it's really well done though. Roger has um, more money to work with. Yeah, uh, some of it looks like like. Like, so much of his stuff is location. This is
0: backlot shooting. Yeah, yeah and this is all backlot Yeah, stuff. and that's funny enough, it's a product of him working with a bigger budget. Which yeah, is, yeah, and a, and another, and a different Fox. studio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it definitely looks like backlot shooting, but that's not bad. I mean, that's cool. Its no, own, right? I mean, yeah. you get
1: to just blast holes in everything. and yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah. I love the fake snow. The fake uh-huh. snow is great. <laughs> the snowflakes would fall on people and sit there through the whole scene. Yeah. <laughs> It's fabulous. Yeah, more cornstarch. <laughs> <clears throat> but what can you say? It's uh, it, it's violent as hell. It is. and, and it all,
0: Yes, it is violent as hell. And more of Roger as a really innovative film director. 1967 here, there's like handheld camera stuff in yeah. some of the fight scenes. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's really scenes. cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And the ending, the sort of way how it... This movie and the next movie remind me of bonnie and clyde a lot both of them Mm -hmm. and this one came before and the next one came after but just the way that they end in these really bloody shootouts Yeah, yeah 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 and in this movie part of that docudrama style where it's this is this person this is what happened is it gives you little scenes about like everybody who happens to be in the garage during the massacre, sort right. of sets it up that way. And Dernsey
1: is just a mechanic with He's a just bum a, leg. Yep, He's and not even a criminal.
0: Yep. The Gusenbergs
1: will do the shooting, Johnny. All I'm asking you to do is drive the car. That and maybe use a little muscle if things get rough. It pays a hundred bucks. Now I in or no out? It's a hundred bucks for the whole job? Uh-huh. I'll do it. <laughs> Besides, I really need the
0: money. There's like an optometrist who's in debt to
2: the mobsters who's also just there. Dr. Reinhardt H. Schwimmer, born Chicago, Illinois, December 1, 1896. Twice married, twice divorced. Schwimmer has no criminal record, but is one of that group of men who are fascinated by the exploits of gangsters. In the last few months, he has become acquainted with the members of the Moran organization and spends a good deal of time in their company. A licensed optometrist, he has recently abandoned his practice and is presently supported by his widowed mother.
0: I love the idea of the character of he's just this kind of, like, professional weirdo who hangs out with criminals as, like, a hobby. (laughs) Like, it reminds me of, like...
1: Or is he Paul Manafort trying to make himself whole again or or whatever? It
0: reminded me of, like... This is kind of a weird cut, but it reminded me of Richard Dysart going to the party in Day of the Locust, of like, I'm just a rich guy and it, it's like amusing to me to hang out with these sort of shady characters. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. a riffraff. Yeah. I, like
1: to, I like to watch. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> I just like to watch you guys. I like to watch. Yeah, so Roger's really, um, you know, it's, 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 it's got to have been cool to be asked to, uh, did he produce and direct? he did yeah and it was
0: his idea he wanted to make a a gangster film and he wanted to do it in a way that was sort of um kind of uh his quote is unromanticized uh it's not the typical man against the system movie like it's it's almost like well
1: that's very true yeah. yeah
0: and it's it's not like bonnie and clyde in a very specific way in that it's not really presented romantically I, I only brought the parallel because of the ending yeah yeah um, yeah and that is true that's I, a good point yeah that's and a really good point. that doc that sort of docudrama uh aesthetic because i guess he said that uh and according to roger he said that it was you know something that changed the face of people's perception of gangsters because it was like the first time people got killed in public that were like innocent people and it was like oh shit mm. maybe these guys aren't robin hood you know yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> right, and, right right and that's he he saw that as like the interesting part about that moment is that it's like really when the public's perception of what a gangster was changed
1: yeah, yeah. that's a really good point collateral yeah. damage yeah it yeah. did happen
0: yep uh and and like the bruce stern character or like that doctor character yeah like they're whatever. just like yeah.
1: innocent and not not completely innocent bystanders but they're swept up in something that you
0: know, and because it's the depression, it's like it's these people who are it's un- desperate and yeah, it's it's understood system. that yeah. uh, that
1: you got to do what you got to do to survive. Yeah, no, I agree um, with that.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I think, and Roger's other line about it, I think, is um, this is actually a very. Funny, like if you read this whole sentence, it's, it has like two parts to it, and it really shows you like who Roger Corman is. <laughs> there comes a time when the public conscious needs jolting, and in the St. Valentine's Massacre, this is our intention. It is also certain that the mon- movie will make money. Crime is always box office. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like that's Roger Corman for you. <laughs> he always had his eye on the prize. <laughs> Which is funny. This movie. Two dollar budget compared to his last movie wild angels which was three hundred forty thousand, much bigger budget and this movie did not make its two million back <laughs> really yeah and i mean i guess when roger has his line about never losing money this was not his money this was a, a studio picture there I guess. you go. so he maybe didn't go. count it but yeah this movie made 1.7 million dollars it was actually a disappointment wow. to 20th century fox at least well Shit, I thought it wasn't a disappointment Not to, to me. me. No, I know. It was really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, it was really cool. You know, and I'm
1: sure they're slowly clawing their money back anyway. Right, after all this right. time, probably, probably. Yeah. Um, DVDs and VHS streaming.
0: Let's uh, watch it on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, according to Roger, he said that 20th Century Fox. Uh, said that it gave him a two point five million dollar budget, and the movie actually only cost him one million. The rest was studio overhead, <laughs> so just bullshit basically they are writing it uh, off and, yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah Roger he I mean, he was public about it, which is interesting yeah that 's really cool and that 's his whole ethos of like i 'm going to it 's just like ethical to make a mo- movie for as cheap as i can there you go that 's roger 's whole thing
1: and it 's funny the day of locust uh it touches on a little bit of that too about kind of the waste. You know, of, uh, you know, the William Atherton and all these production designers are like, oh, you're getting paid, aren't you? You right, know, yeah. <laughs> you're not doing That's anything. Right well, well you're getting paid. What are you complaining about? Yeah, uh, It's just like this, 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 it's just a money machine. Yep. Yeah. But Roger, uh, clearly you make money by spending less. Come on. Which is what he's been doing his whole career. His whole career. Yeah. yeah. Not, uh, um, but 20th Century Foxy, you know, they get what they paid for. And I'm sure they had had some nice dinners. Yes, Rogers I'm sure they movie. did. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's the thing. It's well, they're like... paying. They're paying actors. Uh, you know. Um, uh, you know who knows who got paid. some some of that's public and some of it. Some of it isn't. But um, yeah, that's really wild. It's a, It's it's it kicks though. It's, I I like uh, it. It's a good movie. Oh, and uh, Loach from Chinatown, who is. Um, I always forget his name.
0: Is that um, Clint Ritchie?
1: I don't know his name. Clint
0: Ritchie played the character Jack McGurn, who was the guy who, he was Capone's lieutenant who kind of came up with the plan.
2: Maybe I'm wrong to butt in like this, but the last couple of months I've been doing a little checking up on Moran. He lives at the Belden Essex Apartments on Lincoln Park West, apartment 5C. Uses the name George Miller. He's crazy about his wife and kid.
1: He stays home most nights. Never goes anywhere without two torpedoes. Willie Marks and Ted Newberry, both. Bad guys to tangle with. If that's
2: any help, mister Capone. <laughs> you left something out, Jack, where he buys his Dvds.
0: <laughs> Dick Balakian. Okay, okay.
1: What happened to your nose? Know? Get it? Somebody slam a bedroom window on it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. Your wife got excited. She crossed her legs a little too quick. You understand what I mean, pal? Oh.
0: Well, there and you he go. he is in Chinatown and the St. Valentine's Mass. Would you look up
1: um, the Mad River? Because the Mad River was on the marquee at the theater. Oh, that's fun. And uh, I, I love to find out if that's we, something real or not.
0: That's a good sort of... Uh, running theme that we've been putting on in these movies in this podcast as well Yeah, the day
1: locust had another similar thing with during that whole final yeah. scene there's a there's and
0: Slapshot had one like yeah. all the different movies <laughs> mad river movie i'm not finding it it must be just something made up then uh-huh. uh Bad and river of course
1: movie. you know being chicago they had to turn on the wind machines all the time right it's, it's always windy that's what uh, they call it and the windy, city. the windy city Yep. Anyway, um, we loved it. Yeah, it's really cool. A lot of fun. Sort Um, of an outlier for Roger, but um,
0: yeah, in that it was it was like a a studio movie. Right, right. He was a hire. He was a gun for hire.
1: Really cool. Yeah, good one. All right, let's take a break. We'll be with our last one.
0: Probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. All right.